FC3 Communications presents a spoken word given to our congregation located at 1800 Hall Brown Road, where our senior pastor is Dr. Karen B. Johnson and assistant pastor Glenton Queen. You are welcome to join us as our services are held every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Enjoy the word. song said, the song said, total praise. What does total mean? It means all. It means complete. It means I don't leave anything out. When we give total praise, when we, when we give them all that we have. So come on, let's give them some more total praise. Some, some complete praise. Everything that's down in you. I know what y'all thinking about. Y'all thinking about where you've been and where you used to be. You're thinking about how God brought you out of some stuff, didn't you? Didn't that go across your mind just a few minutes ago? How awesome God is. God is good, is he not? Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, God. We thank you, Father, for this day. This is the day that you have made, and God, we are rejoicing and we are so glad to be in it. God, we just don't take it for granted, dear Lord, that you have allowed the breath to continue in our bodies and continue to allow the blood to run warm in our veins. And God, we don't take that for granted. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. God, we thank you for where we have been and where you have brought us to. God, because it had not been for you who was on our side, like the song said, where would we be? So God, we just thank you. We just glorify you. And God, as we come as this corporate time of worship, as we come together collectively to praise your name, we've been praising you all week long by ourselves, in our closets, in our bedrooms, riding down in the car. But this day we come together within these sanctified walls as brothers and sisters in Christ to lift you up and just to give you all of the praise and the honor that you are due. We thank you for all of that has gone forth, dear Lord, all of the prayers and all of the dance ministry and the songs. We thank you for the testimonies, dear God, and the fellowship. And now, God, as we come to the time of your word, we pray for a fresh anointing, God. Not only me as the giver, dear God, of presenting, but God, for the hearers, the listeners, that you will freshly anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. And that when we leave from this place, that we leave better than the way that we came in. And that we be so diligent to show the world what an awesome God that you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We'll get to our scripture for the morning in a few minutes. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody feeling good? I know that's right. Sun shining all bright and everything. We're doing good. God is good. God is good. Well, last week, as you know, we started our um, series on Jesus' children, raising Jesus' children in America. 
And as we share, it might have been a little bit uncomfortable, but hopefully everybody got something out of last week as we continue into this week's message. Um, before I get into this week's message, I do want to step back a moment um, to bring out a point that I think that I missed on last week. As you know, our foundation of scripture was coming from Proverbs 22 and 6, uh, where the word reads, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The point that I didn't bring out then that I want to make sure I bring out today is, is that passage does not guarantee that if we teach our children the right way, that they will not stray. I just want to make sure we got that. It does not, it's, this is not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. In fact, it's, in fact, it's far from the truth. Because the truth is that there are many good Christian parents and guardians who have seen their children go down a road that was completely, if you will, contradictory of how they were raised. Can I get an amen? amen. You raised them and taught them the right way. You tried to provide for them good opportunities, if you will. And, and you also made some tremendous sacrifices for them. Uh -huh. but, but not only did you teach your children, but you tried to role model for them. You try to show them how, how to live and how to, to walk that walk. And in spite of everything that you did, in spite of everything you did and everything that you tried to do, the child still went down a path completely different from what you taught them. Do I have any witnesses in here? But this is what we have to remember. What we have to remember is that we may teach and show our children God's way but that means they don't have to choose God's way. Why? Because God has given to us this gift called what? Free will. And free will to me is a blessing, but free will can also be, in my opinion, a curse. Because he leaves it up to us to make a decision, even if it goes against his word and his way, God will still leave it up to us as to what decision that we want to make. Amen? So the, the operative word in the passage is should go. The word should. That's, that's the, the operative. Because should, should means there's a way they ought to travel. I'm going to show you a way that you ought to go. I'm going to show you a more desirable path. And however, that doesn't mean that the child is always going to take that path. And some of us in, in here, we are witnesses to that because we also went down the wrong road that we were told not to go down. Do I get an amen on that one? Yes. But I just want you to keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Because the same God that kept you when you weren't trying to be kept, same God that protected you, watched over you, and gave you grace when you wasn't looking for no grace, you weren't even looking for mercy. You want to do what you want to do. The same God that kept you is the same God is going to keep your loved one who may be out in the streets right now and as we speak. That same God, because somewhere I read, and I believe David said it, even if I make my bed in hell or in heaven, thou art is with me. And so I just want you to keep some hope alive and let you know your loved one is God has an eye on them and they're going to keep an eye on them because here's the thing that we need to hold on to is that when you have put a word in your child, when you have taught them, 
They may not have a personal relationship with him. They may not know God for themselves, but they do know that there is a God. And that same God is going to keep knocking on their door until they take their last breath and he will not stop knocking until they turn around. Because somewhere in that child, they know that there is still a God. So somebody give a praise to all of the parents and some encouragement, if you will, if you will, that God will still take care of them. So as we go along, as we move on as to last we shared last Sunday. Um, we were talking that from, for those who weren't here, we just kind of want to bring you up to speed real, real quick. We were just saying from Proverbs 6 and 22 that raising up a child takes on a whole different meaning for those of us who are people of color. Yeah. It takes on a different meaning for us because we have more challenges and obstacles that we have to deal with that others may not. That is a fact of life. It is what it is. And so we have to, we have to train up our, our children um, to deal with, their, uh, deal with these certain realities and certain obstacles again that other people who are not of color have to deal with. We are confronted on a different level of having to deal with uh, not only racism, classism, and sexism. And, and just this past week, and we're going to talk about what I'm going to say now more in next week, but just this past week we see that there's another thing called rich privilege. There's nothing wrong with having money. Money provides you options. You understand what you're saying? When you got more money, you have more options. You have more access. Money is not a sin. It's what you do with it. And so what we saw last week was how some people were taking advantage of money and using it in a way that was immoral, if you will. And, and, and so we see now we got to deal with rich privilege, which we always knew we had that to deal with anyway. To be honest with you, I, did, I didn't even know that was a new thing because I always knew. Didn't we always know people bought their way? Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't know that was a, I didn't know that was a strange thing. I didn't know that was news. I didn't. I didn't know that was news because... You, 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 you always hear, we've always knew how to buy the way into, into certain schools. I, that was not new. We, we, got, we got one in the White House now who bought his way out of not going into the military. You don't understand what I'm saying? <laughs> that wasn't new. You know what I'm saying? That, that wasn't any new news to us. But it still doesn't take away the fact that we still got to deal with it. And it still doesn't take away the fact that what we have to do is that we have to raise our children to know how to maneuver on an uneven playing field. They got to know how to play the game even though they got to play with a different set of rules that somebody else would be going about differently. Do, do you hear what I'm trying to get out here, what I'm trying to say? We got to keep training our children that the rules aren't necessarily the same. 
for you. But you still got to know how to be in the game, play the game, even though we got two different sets of rules. Can I get a amen on that? I just, want, I just want to make sure everybody with me and I'm not out here by myself. So that leads us to our message on for this morning. And, and that is to get our kids in the game we got to tap into their potential. We, we, got, we got to tap into that thing that is on the inside of them. Because, see, it's that thing on the inside of them that when we develop that thing properly, that when they get out on the playing field called life, they are going to know how to adjust and to maneuver themselves so they can be successful. So if you would just turn with me, please, we're going we're gonna to look at, um, we're going to the book of Genesis, if you will, and we're going to look at the first verse. We're going to go to 11, Genesis 1, 11. I know we got 1 to 28. We're going to get to that one. Genesis, we're going to go first to Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, and it reads, And God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kind. You slide down to Genesis 1 and 28. God is still speaking, and God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. So we're talking about the seed of potential, the seed of potential. Now, let's first, we're going to define what is potential. Potential is a capacity, if you will, of becoming. Potential is the capacity of becoming. Potential is untapped strength. Untapped. We haven't tapped into it. We haven't, we haven't got into it yet. It's, 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 it's undeveloped ability, or we may even say it's sleeping, a dormant ability. It is something that can be, but has not yet become. Everybody follow me here? I see y'all looking at me. I just want to make sure you follow me. You got it? Potential is having or showing the capacity to become or to develop into something in the future. To develop into something in the future. Another way to understand potential is to look at it the way that God presents it here in Genesis. And that is to look at potential as a seed. To look at potential as a seed. The, the, the seed principle is one of the first principles that is introduced to us here in the creation story. Because locked in within the seed is the creative power, is the creative power to become more than what it is and what it's going to become. Locked in a seed is a tree. Locked in a seed is a tree. And if we're going to take it further, locked in the sea is a tree, and a tree will eventually become a forest because they produce after what? Its own kind. So inside a seed, you don't ever look at a seed and see it for just a seed. You see it for what it's going to become. 
When we plant a seed, we don't expect the seed to just stay in the ground. We put the seed in because we're putting it in with what? Expectation. Because we're expecting it to become something that is not right now. I just need y'all to work with To become something that's not right now. So the potential in a seed becomes endless. Because the seed is going to produce after its own kind. And it's going to continue to reduce, produce. That is if it's in the right, what? Environment. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. So, so, so again, locked within every child is a seed. I need a child. Come out and give me a child. Can I donate a child? Donate me a little one. I will give them back. Trust me. I need a baby. Here we go. Come on. You can come on up here too. All right. Come on, honey. It's good. Inside these kids, there's a seed of potential. In both of them. Something inside of them. Here's a kicker. Some of you, because of their age, you may begin to see certain behaviors and proclivities. You may see certain things that are pointed to you of certain things that they might be good at. Maybe something that they might be just getting, you can see. You can, you can start seeing and you're going like, oh, I, I can see some tendencies and the way they're going. But the thing of it is, is that in, inside both of them, it's up to us because they can't do it. It becomes our role. And when I say our, even if you are not a biological parent, if you are in the space or the environment of a child, you have influence over that child. And it becomes your responsibility, whether it's directly or indirectly, to see and help to bring out whatever that is inside that child. Because we have to keep in mind what I shared last week, was that one of the issues that we have that the enemy is, is that he is after our kids and he knows that there is a seed of potential in them. So his goal is to stop the seed from producing. That's why we come up and we have a whole lot of issues as grown-ups and most of the time our issues started in childhood. Amen? So, so in both of them, this young man and this young lady here, there's a seed of potential. We don't know. We have no clue what God's going to do with them. We don't even know the magnitude of the potential. We don't even know what the seed looks like. Our job is to uncover. Our job is to go searching. Our job is to put them in an environment where that seed can start producing and start becoming. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Thank you. So we have to unlock the hidden potential in our children. So one of the first things, and there's so many different ways of going about it, there's so much that we have to do, but we're only going to hit on a few. But one of the things that we have to do is that we have to remind ourselves and teach our children, and as we're talking to them, is to remind them that there's something inside of them, that there's potential inside of them, that there's a seed of potential inside of them, and that, and, and, and that we have to remind them that that seed comes from God. Every seed, every seed comes from God. God is the only one that can create something out of nothing. We, I, at least I have not heard of any scientific invention yet 
who has been able to make a seed. Correct me if I'm wrong. We cannot make a seed. The seed has to come from God. And so we have to make sure that our children understand that and as we begin to teach that to them and teaching it to them at the level that they can understand that God has put into them something that only he could give to them. We are teaching them that, that, that he is the beginning of all things and that everything begins with him. See, the thing of it is oftentimes we can be tempted to think that the whole world and all of the responsibilities of life are resting on our shoulders. When the reality is that we need to be reminded that everything comes from God. Jesus Christ is the author and he is the finisher. He is the one who writes the book and he is the one who determines when the book is going to be ended. Jesus is the finisher of our faith. And, and meaning that Jesus is the source the source of the faith, that's what I want to get to. I'm trying to get to with the kids as we're understanding the seed and the children. Is that we have to make sure that we're teaching our children where the source of their potential is coming from. That their source of potential is coming from the one who is the creator and that is God. He is our source. We didn't love God first. God loved us first. Uh, we, therefore, he becomes our source. We didn't know how to love. God had to show us how to love. In Colossians 1 and 16, it says God created what? Everything. And everything was created through him and for him. So as we're instructing our children, we're instructing them to understand not only you, are, you are, were created by God, but you were created by God, but you also were created for God. So that as they're growing up, they understand that their life is not about them, it's about God. And that's where we get it twisted. Because we think life and living is all about us. It's not. This life we're living right now is not about us. I don't care what kind of life you've had. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. It's about him. And so we have to make sure that we get this into our kids, that God is a creator and only God can create a seed, and God is the only one that can create something out of nothing. And as parents and guardians and role models for our children, it's imperative that we constantly remind our children that the source and the power of their intellect, their talent, and their gifts come from an omnipotent God and an omnipresent God. Therefore, when they have that basic understanding, when you start ingraining them, that into them at a very early age, and then when they're out there playing on the unequal, unfair fields of life, they will not be, not be frustration will not overtake them. I'm not going to say they're not going to be frustrated. Because how many of you know as believers we can get frustrated sometimes? I'm not saying they're not going to be frustrated. What I'm saying is frustration won't overtake them. It won't overtake them, and they won't be so easy to give it up because they will begin to understand that they will tap into their source. They will understand that, that it is greater is he who is in them than he is in the world. When, when your kid understands that, they will do and look at a situation the way that Paul looks at it. Paul said, what then shall we say to these things? If God, is a, if God is for me, who can be against me? 
When you get that in your child, and your child begins to understand that principle and mature in that, they will become unstoppable. Because they understand who their source is. And if my source is unlimited, if my source is omnipotent, how are you going to stop me? I don't have to worry about the playing field being uneven. Because I got somebody on my side who's the one who created the field in the first place. You understand? And we have to start teaching our children that at a very early age. When they're young, teaching it at their level. And as they're progressing, they go on so they can understand and, and, and deal with it. Secondly, as we, let's look at the seed of potential from a practical perspective. In order for a seed to become what it has not yet become, there are certain conditions, if you will, required for it to grow. Seeds need to be exposed or have access to certain conditions in order for it to become. Seeds need to be exposed to good ground where it can be nurtured. Seed needs, needs proper temperature. Seed needs water and oxygen. And seed also need darkness in order for it to germinate. Because it's during the germination stage that roots are developed. I need you to work with me here. It's in that seed stage where the roots start coming out of the seed and begins to, what we call the plant, becomes established. We have to help our kids to become established, rooted, and what? Grounded in the word of the Lord. You got to, we got to do that. Uh, because it's during the stage where the roots become developed and then sprouts begin to break through the ground. But the conditions have to be right. It is in that same manner to develop the seed of potential within our children that we must be intentional about why and to what we expose our children to. Because children learn what they live. And there are certain abilities that develop and, tend, and children tend to aspire to from what they see and by what they experience. So it depends on the environment. So now let me just give you an example. I grew up in the country, Muddy Creek Road. That's country, the title right there tell you. <laughs> name of the road tell you all about that. Muddy Creek Road, and get this, in Mill Swamp. Okay? I learned how to drive at an early age. Most country people, well, my country folks, we learn how to drive at an early age, right? Because we have access to open fields, long driveways, and, and yards. We can take a car and drive around in the fields. Some of us, before we got to the car, like yours truly, you were put on a tractor. And I was on the tractor every Saturday morning cutting grass. I knew how to drive by the time I was 10, 11 years old because I had access. I had access to a field. I had access to a car. I had access to an, and to an opportunity 
to develop a potential that was in me. Now, my cousins grew up in Washington, D.C. They had access to sidewalks. <laughs> they could roller skate. I couldn't. Because you can't roller skate on gravel. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't roller skate on grass. You can try, but it's not good. And the sidewalk we did have wasn't long enough. We didn't have street sidewalk. There was a difference. In the country, our mama didn't tell us, come home when the street lights came on. We didn't have street lights. Where my country people at? Where my country people? We had street lights. So mom and dad would say, come home when the sun is going down. What did that do? That taught us how to read the time by the position where the sun was positioned in the sky. I could look at where the sun was and give you the approximate time of what time it was. My cousins couldn't do that. They had to wait for the street light to come on. But I could look up at the sky and say, it's getting pretty near 5 o'clock. We better be hitting home. Pretty soon. <laughs> we can look at the sky because that's what we taught. We out there, and we could look at the sky, and we could tell you it's going to rain. My cousins couldn't get with it. No, because we grew up in the country. We knew when that cloud looked a certain way that the rain, and when it was coming from a certain direction, and how the wind would blow, and, and this was the other thing. I can smell the rain. Smell the rain. I'm telling you it's going to rain. <laughs> so what was that? It was developing the, it, it was what I was living, I was, I, was, I, I was learning what I was living. The environment that I was in pulled out certain potentials in me and certain potentials in my cousins because we were in two different environments, if you will. And so we, we, were, we learned from the environment that we were in, and, we, and there were certain seeds within us that was better developed because we were exposed. We had access. My cousins could swim. They lived in a community with a pool. We had a pool. We had, we had a pool. <laughs> and then when I did go to the beach, my mama won't let me go in the water up to my knees. You can't swim in water up to your knees. That's not going to work. So it's, it's a matter of, of access and, and what, you, what you have an opportunity to, do, to be exposed to. And so, and so the other piece of it is, is that um, we aspire to become something. We tend to aspire to become what, what we see a lot of. So sometimes when I'm, when, when I'm talking to young, young boys and young girls, you know, you go like, oh, what you want to do? What do you think you might want to do when you grow up? You know, and you hear basketball player, football player, rapper. I want, to be a, I want to be a dancer or I want to be a nurse. And there's not anything wrong with those professions. But are they aspiring to become that because that's what their potential is or is it because what they see? You follow what I'm saying? If I don't know that there's anything else out there, how do I know and how do I know what to aspire to? So we have to expose them. 
give them access to different opportunities. That's one thing that I love about our summer camp here. If you get your child in the summer camp here, um, I'm going to tell you, they do some wonderful things and taking those children out and it's exposing them to different opportunities. And so the thing of it is we have to make sure that we give our children an opportunity and, 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 and to, to ex be exposed to other things. Because see, here's what happens. Many of us end up with a job and not a career. We end up with a job and not a career. We end up doing something just to keep food on the table, to get a paycheck. We go to something every day that we really don't like because we're into something that is not what we were created to do. And that's what, that's what a job is. A career is, is when I'm looking to build and gain experience and I'm, and I'm wanting to grow in that profession. And, and so, again many, of, again, many of us end up with a job and not a career because, again, we didn't know that there was anything else that we could do or we didn't have access to something else or we weren't exposed to something else. And so, so again, some of us, um, again, went to what we knew and it was not our passion or our purpose, but it was the only thing that we knew to do. If we grew up in a family that everybody ended up working in the government, we ended up working in the government. You know what I'm saying? So we tend to go to what we are exposed to. And again, there isn't anything worse than feeling stuck and trapped in a job that you hate, that you just want to get out of. But here's the thing that we want to help our children to avoid. Sometimes we are wasting our potential on something that is not our purpose. We are wasting, some of us are wasting our potential on something that's not your purpose. You were not created to be there. That is not where God wanted you to be. That is not what he wanted you to do. And you're wondering why you're not moving or why you're feeling frustrated or why you're not doing as well as someone else is doing. It's because perhaps maybe, go back and check, are you operating in a place that God didn't mean for you to be in? Are you operating and doing a profession, a, a job or position that he didn't mean it may have become available, but did he mean for you to be over there? Did you go to something because of the money and not because of the passion in your heart? Where did you go? What did you do? And so as we're instructing our children, we need to work with them, and it's a process. It's a process and trying to find out to match their potential up with their purpose. And it's an ongoing process as we continue to, to work with our children. And working with them, seeds need to be watered in the same way we need to water the seed of potential and that we have to expose them and have to expose our children to positive people, positive places, and to take them and show them things that are outside of their normal. That's where exposure comes, when you take them outside of their normal, okay? Would you believe that we have children in our community who have not left out of Anne Arundel County? And when I say out of Anne Arundel County, I'm talking about they have not even been to D.C. That's a challenge. You know, that, 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 so, that, so if you have a child who's in that position, that is limiting that child because what are they exposed to? They're not exposed to anything differently, okay? But what you can do 
It's this other thing. If I can't go to where I need to go, there's a thing called a book. I mean, go to the library and start reading about places where you have not been. You understand what I'm saying? A book can take you so many places. Yes, you can go to YouTube nowadays and pull up and, take a, and have a child to experience something outside of their normal. So they can see different people, places, and things. You don't have to be rich to travel or to have a different experience. And I understand that there are people, you know, some folks don't like long trips. But the thing of it is, there's a wealth of opportunities that we can take advantage of right here in our own area. Take them down to the city dock. I'm talking about the one down here in Annapolis. Take them down there to the city dock. And don't just take them down there to get ice cream and look around. Take them down there to the water and show them those yachts that's sitting out there in that water and tell them, you see that? You follow what I'm saying? You're giving them something to aspire to. You're not only going to show them the little rowboats that sit up there. No, let's walk past the rowboat. We're going to walk down here to the end of this dock. I want you to see this yacht over here. I want you to understand that you can aspire to get something like that if you want to, but you got to put that seed in their mind that is something that they can aspire to. Last Sunday, I took my grandson out. We went out riding, and I took him. I was just he and I, and I took him down to this community because my father used to do it, and we used to do it with Ricky and Erica. I took him out. We went down to the, one of them luxury communities, you know, one of them million-dollar homes. You know, for me, I can dream about it, and, you know. So we were in Dodden and I was saying, I said, Tristan, look. Because see, one thing I noticed about him, he likes to build. He likes to do things with his hands. So I said, you see that? I said, you can become an architect. You can design that. You can build one of those. You, 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 can, own, you can own that. You can become one of the big builders and contractors. He was like, oh, really, PK? And I was like, yeah, just take a look at that. Look at that. I want you to see. Because I want, we want him to, to, to understand and go beyond and, and to look at those things and, 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 and want him to understand that he could become a real estate mogul if he wants to. And, and, and it's, it's the thing that you keep planning in your children and keep exposing them to. We don't tell him if you go to college. Mm -mm. If is not in the vocabulary. What's in the vocabulary is when you go and where you're going to go. It's the where that's going to be the problem right now because those of us from HBCUs, we're trying to push him over there and Ricky trying to push him to University of Maryland. Personally, I don't care where you go. I know you're going to go somewhere. And so we have to tell our children, don't say if and maybe. You might not know how it's going to work out and how you're going to get it there. Don't even worry about that right now. You see what I'm saying? Don't worry about that right now. Just say to your child, this is, where you, this is what you're going to do. This is what we're going to strive to. This is what we're going to aspire to. So, Because exposure opens the imagination and creativity. And new experiences can change the way you think. It changes your perspective about yourself and your environment, your abilities and your dreams. What you're exposed to has a direct impact on who you choose to connect yourself with. Exposure helps you to choose who you connect yourself with. You have to be, we have to be diligent about who we connect our children with because exposure influences us where you go and what it is that we're going to do in life. Because exposure is powerful. It's a powerful thing because you are attracted to what you are exposed to. 
Lastly, my last point. We talked about those things that a seed needed to grow. And one of the things that a seed needs to grow is darkness. So I was like, okay, now, Lord, how are we going to hook that up? How are we going to work with this darkness thing? And then he kind of dropped it in my spirit. And what he dropped in my spirit is that when we talk about darkness, sometimes we need to keep our children away from certain things and kind of keep them in the dark. And otherwise, sometimes we expose our children to too much too soon. They're growing up too soon because they're seeing too much. I mean, and when you look at the media, what's coming over the television and everything else, and when they have the, their telephones, I mean, we have to control what our children have access to, and that is the thing that sometimes we need to help shelter our children so our children can be children a little bit longer and not little grown-up people, you know, people trying to be adults. You can't be an adult yet. You paying rent, you ain't an adult. You putting food on the table, guess what? You are not an adult. All right? And so we have to make sure that we are protecting our children. And, and, and we need to be mindful of what we take our children to and what we, what we allow our children to see. So what I'm trying to say is, and I don't want y'all to judge me on this, but I went to see when it came out Tyler Perry's Nobody's Fool. I actually don't judge me. I didn't know it was going to be all like that. <laughs> so we, we, we were in there, and um, so my cousin and I, we were all in there. We got our little popcorn. We laid back, chill, waiting for the movie to start. And this family comes in, and they had little kids, young kids, eight, nine, ten years old. And they all settled down, and we all on this, you know, one row, and we was ready for the movie to start. And as soon, anybody saw the movie? As soon as the movie opens, right? Soon the first scene. It's be popping off. <laughs> I'm like, man. So I was checking out the parents because I'm saying to myself, if I had been in there with Tristan, we was going to be, we was up out of there. I was just going to have to lose some money because there's no way in the world I'm going to be comfortable sitting beside my child watching this on television. I mean, on the screen. The stuff continues because you know nobody fully continues on. And they never left. And I don't understand that. I don't understand how you are able to sit beside your child and going to watch grown-up stuff on, on the big screen in front of you. Is there some kind of conversation? Oh, y'all just used to that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, and, so, and so, when, so when children leave out and start acting out stuff, why are we going to act like we don't know where they got it from? Why are we going to act like we don't understand why they act like this? It's what have you exposed them to. And they grow up too soon, too fast. And so God is saying when, we, when you have a seed, it, it, it has to be in darkness for a while. And the same thing for our children. We have to shelter them for a bit. I'm not saying being helicopter parents. I'm not saying being one of them overprotective parents who just don't allow your child to do anything. But you just don't allow your child to go anywhere, do anything, and say anything. 
It's, just a, it's keeping them in, in a sheltering place and, and keeping them um, in a place that, that's, that's of darkness. And, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. I'm not even saying that we need to let our children be these free-range children. You know, you know free-range children, you let them go on, by, give them a key, let them go on their own. You know, they'll make it back home the best way they can. No, chickens and cows are free-range. Children are not. Children are not free-range. You need to herd them in. Protect them, if you will. And so the seed of potential is powerful and potent because the giver of the seed and the source of the seed is also powerful and potent. And we are raising up Jesus' children, and it's imperative that we give them every opportunity to become who what God has destined them to come. So we got some work to do, and we can't slack off, and we can't lay back. And we can't chill out because we're tired and we're uncomfortable and we're struggling. Well, guess what? This ain't nothing new. People have been tired and struggling for generations. Our mamas and daddies were tired and struggling. But they did what they had to do. And thank God they did what they had to do because that's why we're here right now. Because they did what they had to do. So I just want to know we're going to do what we got to do because we got to make sure that we are protecting our children, watching over them, and guarding them because they got a seed in them and it's our responsibility along with the help of the Holy Spirit to bring that potential out of them so when they get out on that field, when they get out in life, they're not wandering around and struggling and going to and fro because they don't know what to do with themselves, but they got some direction, they got some source, they got some power, they know where their strength come from because you're going to raise them up and the word of the God and the Lord our Savior Jesus Christ and not in what you think it should be but what it is that God said it would be that's all I got to say about that how are we going to raise up our children Let us pray. If you have a child nearby you, let's put your hands on your child right now. And let me just tell you, and we even want to pray for the children who are yet to come. You got a child nearby. Ones who are still in the moon. Because that child that you have, or even that child may be in your mind. What I'm saying is they may not be here, but you know where they are. Get them in your mind right now. Get them in your mind as we pray for our children. As we pray that God will help us to be that role model, to be the cultivator, to till the soil in their lives, to expose them to what they need to be exposed to. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. God, it's a humbling thing when you allow us to watch over children. It's a humbling thing to become a parent. It's a humbling thing to be an auntie and a grandparent. It's a humbling thing to be a guardian because you are entrusting this this potential, you're giving to us this this vessel that has a seed of potential in it, and you are saying to us we are to be stewards over them, and we are helped to grow them, and and that we are helped to develop them. And God, it is an awesome, awesome, and and a, a humbling assignment that you're given to all of us. God, I pray that we will, um, that you will attune our eyes and our hearts and our ears so we can hear and see those things and our tendencies that our children have and so that we can help to move them and push them toward 
um, their, their potential and seeing that potential grow and to develop, dear Lord. I pray, dear God, for that you would just help us to have that discernment. And as we are raising up our children that you have given us to, dear Lord. I pray, God, for every child that is in here, Father. We already know that the enemy has a target on their back. But, God, I'm praying and thanking you right now for the hedge of protection that you're putting around every child and every child that is yet to come right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray and thank you, God, for these, the giftings and the talents that you have in them. And I ask you, God, that you would just help us. Help us because you promised you would never leave us nor forsake us. And, Father, we know and we know we're not even going to try to do this thing without you because you need to show us the way. You need to show us around those corners. You need to show us and shed light on those dark areas. You need to be the one that's going to help us and to guide us because without you, it cannot and it will not be done. So now, God, we thank you. We thank you for every child and that every parent in here who's laying their hand on their child right now. And I pray for those spiritual blessings, dear God, will be just transferred to them in the name of Jesus. Those blessings that can only come from you. Give them favor, dear God, in the classroom, dear God. And God, I just pray that you just show them and reveal to them, dear Lord. And God, and help and instill in them that they know that they are special. They're special because you created them to be special. Nobody's going to be like them. And they need to embrace that, dear God, than the uniqueness that you have created them because you have created them to be in your image. So now we thank you, dear God, and we give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 As the decision councils are coming forward, as the decision councils are coming forward, we don't want to, definitely want to take advantage of this time. We're just going to ask you, I mean, not parents, congregation, um, just please talk to the person next to you. Ask them, have you met this man named Jesus Christ? Have you accepted him as your personal Savior? And if the answer is no, then ask them, would you like to meet him today? And if you do, bring them down to the altar where our decision counselors can meet with them. If you're needing a restoration, baptism, and membership, we invite you to come now. Membership, baptism, salvation, restoration. Everybody all good? Let me ask that one more time. Is everybody good? All right. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. Amen. Let us pray as we prepare to be dismissed. We do have a baby dedication following the service. So we're just going to ask for the families to please remain. And anyone who wants to be a part of that dedication, we ask you to remain as well. And then we ask those who are not a part, if you wouldn't mind, if you would move quickly to the North Deck so we can begin that service. Amen? Amen. Let us look to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time of celebration. And now, God, as we've come in here, we have been filled by you. We have been refreshed and renewed. And now, Lord, as we leave from this place, let's leave with a spirit of hopefulness, a spirit of thanksgiving, and a spirit of sharing your word and your life with others. So, God, we just thank you now for all of your blessings. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen, amen, amen and amen.